Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the B-Side Podcast. I'm Steve King, and alongside me is Matt Luloyan. Matt, welcome to the B-Side Podcast. It's been a couple weeks since we've gathered. It's good to be back. It's felt like there's been something missing from my life the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for saying that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. I mean, not time. I mean, I get time with you anyway. Right. right. We don't right. just we don't just hang out when we We're, record B-Side Podcast. That's right. But. I have not, uh, we've not recorded a B-Side podcast in a few weeks now. I hope that there are some people listening that have really missed this. I, I know many. I guess I'm saying that as a joke and I'm like, wait, I actually do hope that. <laughs> I hope we're adding value here. We know you've been just sitting there for 30 minutes every week, just sitting idly, <laughs> staring out they? the window. Where are they? Wondering what you could play on your listening device. We're glad to be back. There's plenty of other things that could be playing. No, nope, I don't device. think so. There's not. Okay, that's, this is yeah, it. Yeah, it. we've ta- so we've taken an, in t- this was an intentional break. We took a couple weeks off coming out of the Acts series that we finished in the fall leading into Advent, uh, took a purposeful two to three week break here to have one uh, recording, one episode of the B-Side podcast in the Advent season to just from a 30,000 foot view, look at the incarnation, look at Advent. And then also collect a couple of questions if any came in over a couple weeks span mm-hmm. to do this episode today before taking another break before launching back in January when we get into a Mercy and Justice um, sermon series uh, for the month of January. That's right. So if you have missed us or you missed that message, we announced that previously. That's why we've taken the break. It was on purpose, but we're back today. And Matt, we have a couple questions. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, re- I'll get to them in a moment. But just give us a quick recap of the three weeks of Advent sermon yeah. series that we've had thus far. Yeah. Yeah, we are doing a brief Advent series, several weeks. Uh, we're calling it Word Made Flesh. Uh, we're talking a lot about the incarnation. We use, we always take Advent to really do kind of an Advent series of some kind. We really focus in on uh, the beautiful truths of Jesus' incarnation, uh, the anticipation of his coming, the anticipation of his coming again, as we do as, a, as the church. Um, and then also just, I think this year, just really wanting to kind of get into what are really foundational, significant, uh, important truths and have been throughout the entire history of the church, uh, that really get sprinkled into lots of other teachings and, and different series we've done, but we've never done a series kind of on some of these classic truths about the person and work of Christ. So a couple of weeks ago, first, first Sunday of Advent, we did the divinity of Christ, that Jesus is fully God. A couple weeks ago, then we did the humanity of Christ. Jesus is also fully human. Uh, And then yesterday we did, um, we're now taking these two statements from the Apostles' Creed, that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, And we we looked at Jesus being conceived by the Holy Spirit yesterday. This coming Sunday, we'll look at Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary. Christmas Eve, we'll get to kind of bring some of those pieces together. Uh, it'll be great to have you up there, Steve. A little I'll be up there. Christmas Eve homily. Yep. And then the Sunday after Christmas, we'll kind of take a little bit more of some of the implications. We've been we've been talking all the way throughout about why this matters. Um, you know, hint slash preview of where we're going. You know, there's an amazing, incredible reality to Jesus being our example, not only our Savior because of the incarnation. There's the whole idea of us being adopted as sons because Jesus was the Son of God. We'll get to some of that stuff before the series is out. So it's it's only five Sundays and Christmas Eve, but um, we pack a lot of uh, a lot of stuff into it. Yeah. Well, the first question 
was after the first sermon. So Christ's divinity was was the the topic there, the focus of your first sermon in Advent. Yep. You've preached the first three here. And you'll preach again this Sunday. Uh, I'm up this Sunday. Yep, this yep. Okay, so the first four. Yep. Uh, so the first question was, um, you focus so much on the divinity of Christ. The question was really much more than about, what about his humanity? Mm, and yeah. so, hey, that came. It was kind of like a... It was like, stay tuned. Stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned next week. That is a week two uh-huh. sermon. Uh, but is there anything that you'd like to maybe just summarize? I mean, you just, you just did. You just kind of gave a summary there. Sure. Yep. But for anyone who... What was maybe a big takeaway? If someone is really uh, quick to remember the divinity of Christ, how can they also balance that with a constant reminder and discipline of remembering the, the humanity of Christ as well? Yeah, it, it, it really needs to always go together. So we just to, for the sake of time um, and what we can fit into, I mean, even feels like we're trying to fit in sometimes too much. <laughs> Often I feel like that on a, I cut, I've cut many things out of each of these sermons the last several weeks. So if you've been like, wow, that was a lot. Yes. yes and there was yes. All, also more that probably should have been said in some of them. Um, but yeah, any, anytime you're, you're talking about one, you've really got to remember the other. So we, yeah. we, so here's a parallel, right? Here's a Liberty Church parallel. We talk about like in our covenant class, we break down our values, worship, community, and mercy. But we try to say as we break, the, it's helpful sometimes to break them down to talk about them more in depth. Yep. But a Christian life is not meant to be compartmentalized where we worship on Sundays, do community in small groups, and then serve somewhere and call that mercy. We're supposed to always be living a life characterized by worship, which is love for God, community, which is love for each other, mercy, which is love for our neighbor. So Humanity and divinity of Jesus, it's helpful to break them down sometimes to do a deep dive into how do we know Jesus is divine? Right. What, why does that matter? How do we know Jesus is human? Why does that matter? But we got to put those things together. Right. Classic, you know, keeps me in business as a pastor, seminary <laughs> students, hypostatic union. That the fully, what? God, the full divinity of Jesus, full humanity of Jesus is together completely right. in one person. Right. You got to, um, and so like, um, there's many texts in scripture that affirm that. One of which we'll get to in the Philippians series that we'll do coming this coming spring. Philippians 2, the classic, um, though he was in nature, God humbled himself and became nothing, taking the form of a servant. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 is like the classic Jesus is fully human and fully divine in one text. We didn't use that because we're going to get there right. this spring. Right. But there's a little preview of how those two things have, have to go together. So this person's rightfully asking like, hey, like, did we only talk about the divinity and not the humanity? It's like, well... Take those two sermons, put them together, and that's right. more of like what you need to do all in one. I, I appreciate how they ended their own question here with the line, so much gospel, so little time on Sunday. So like, you know, sympathizing. Story of my life. Story of my life. <laughs> sympathizing with, <laughs> with like the call to present all of this in a yeah. 30-ish minute sermon. Yep. Um, that's a great tagline. Maybe we should we should start putting so that much on gospel. cards or so, so much time. gospel, so little time on Sunday. That's right. So uh, yeah, appreciate that question. Well, here here is the next one, and this yeah. one, um, let's just get into it a little bit. So this was after the second sermon, Humanity of Christ, Humanity of Christ, right? And here's the question. I'll just read it as it was written and submitted to us. There are many human experiences that Jesus did not experience: marriage, children, growing old, and some that he experienced that the vast majority of Christians will not. Traveling ministry, public figure, a band of 12 close friends. What advice do you have to bridge the gaps of personalized experiences we have and what the life of Christ was like? I love that question. It's a great question. It is. Really Really well thought out question. Insightful um, that our lives do not exactly look like Jesus' life. His life 
does not exactly look like our lives. I'm sure that's flowing from in that sermon talking about how Jesus can sympathize with all of our weaknesses. He is in every respect like we are, yet without sin. Right. So there's these beautiful affirmations, mainly in Hebrews, about the full humanity of Jesus and the fact that that makes him a sympathetic and merciful high priest. He he knows what we are going through and what we've been through. He can sympathize with our weaknesses, and that's part of what you know. He's not ashamed to call us brothers. He doesn't look right. at our humanity and go. Mm, they're 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 not enough. Like he he comes like it's it's the it's the shame busting truth of the humanity of Jesus. Like he's right there with us. Not ashamed to call us brothers. So love this question. It's 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 absolutely right on. There's a couple things maybe we get into in this, Steve. Like we were chatting just briefly before we hit record here. Um, one is that I would say just because Jesus did not live something himself it was one of these gaps, right? Yeah. He did not live something himself. He did not get married. For example, he did not have children of his own does not mean he did not have something to say about those things. Right. Or even the things that he maybe did not say anything about does not mean that God, the triune God did not have something to say about. So, God, in his revealing himself to the world, does that in a variety of ways. He reveals himself um, through creation, through providence, through our conscience. He reveals himself through miracles. He reveals himself through scripture, his revealed written word, and he reveals himself through Jesus. So you've got the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word personalized, that's Jesus. He's been revealed to us. But God's word has also been revealed through, you know, for example, Scripture is a great place to go with that. And so just because Jesus did not himself live something or even himself say something about everything doesn't mean that God didn't say something about that subject as well. So there is a lot in the whole counsel of God about marriage, about children. There, Jesus also did speak some about children and some about marriage. So those are maybe examples. Right. That he did say something. Um, so I would say it's important for us to, when we, when we, and rightfully want to look at the example of Jesus and, and his full humanity enables us to look at his example and follow it. Do that, but also recognize it is not the sole way that God has revealed himself to the world and his design for what life is meant to be mm-hmm. and what is good and a joyful way to live. We have to look at it comprehensively and not just the life of Christ. Sure. So I would say if, if maybe that's the immediate answer, like how, how do we, um, how do we bridge the gap? Just take a step back. If it feels like there's a gap there between your your life and Jesus's personal experiences, take a step back and go. Well, what did God comprehensively reveal about that? Yeah. In all the different ways He reveals Himself. Yeah. Start there. Yeah. Um, maybe Jesus specifically has something in that Himself. Maybe He doesn't. But look at it a little more comprehensively, like that. Yeah, and that's so. The maybe what's an example of a quick error to be made would be the red letter Christian who only thinks about what Christ said. So should we think about what Christ said? Absolutely. But maybe elevates that over the rest of scripture or, or just ignores the rest of scripture. Or you mentioned this, I think in the second sermon about those that maybe are prone, whether they're prone or, or they just absolutely believe that there is a different God in the old Testament, the new Testament. Yep. So they're not, they're, they're red, they're red. There are red letter Christians. There are those that actually just elevate Christ above and beyond and, and discard. That's true. The rest of scripture. That's true. And so there's, there's a multitude of errors that could be made here to not consider how you just said a moment ago, what has God revealed since the beginning of creation in, in all of his natural and special revelation. That's right. Yeah. You, you had some really good insights to this, Steve. I think it'd be helpful to maybe open up here too. 
Um, the, the question is right. It's, it's exactly it's right. It's a good question. Yeah. I think also it might, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally, give some insight into where we are in this cultural moment. So, for example, um, I, I would say um, we live in a cultural moment where lived experience is everything. Yeah. And it's been elevated above anything else. So, like, um, here's where this this plays out, common common everyday culture, everyday language, right? You're, we're not really allowed to speak into other people's lives unless we have the credibility of the same lived and shared experience. Sure. And because, like, we all have so many different variables to what our lived experience is, often that means we're not allowed to speak into anybody's experience at all. So that... I mean, unpack that a little bit more, Steve. Like lived experience is like I'm putting out there a a premise, right? Sure. We live in a moment where lived experience has been elevated above every other kind of truth. Right. What do we do with that? Yeah. Well, I think there's, I think, so where does that show up? If you're hearing so far this part of the conversation, what's an example of that? The, The prevalence of a phrase like my story or my journey. Yeah. And oftentimes those are. That's like code words for, hey, what I'm about to say right now, you're not allowed to speak into. Protected you you speech. won't understand it. Yep. Um, you have to actually just accept it. Now, I'm not suggesting, please don't, he- please yep. don't hear us say that there's not actually really crucial experiences to be had that do shape our worldview, shape our understanding of the world that we interact with. I oftentimes say things like, uh, or I don't, know, I don't know if I often say it, but like something I, I ascribe to is this, uh, this belief that we're made up of nature, nurture, choice. Yeah. So like our yep. nature informs who we are, yep. our nurture, the, the, the parents we had, the yep. siblings we had, the, right, the experiences we had, they form us. Yep. And our choices form us. Sure. The choices that yep. we've made have taught us lessons. So like we, when we think about like this question, we're not, I don't think we're off on a tangent. We're just like yeah. broadening this question. The question is focusing a lot on the nature mm-hmm. of the experiences, like Christ's nature and our nature, how does that relate to experiences? Well, like our nurture does impact us and, and we've had nurture in a way that's different than Christ did. Yeah. We've made choices in a way that was different than Christ did. Now let me get back to your question. Yeah. Um, yes, right now we live in a time where my story, my journey is code for you can't speak into it. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about our personalized experiences, I think where we can run into error and have a complete miss is if we elevate our personal experiences to the point of that makes me a different kind of human. Maybe I wouldn't say like, I am more human than you are, Uh but I'm a different category. I'm a different person that we, what we have in common is less because our experiences are so different. So your experiences as fill in the blank, is it your ethnicity? Is it your socioeconomic status? Is it your geographic upbringing? Whatever it may be, those experiences end up causing so many more differences Mm -hmm. than how we're actually alike. Mm -hmm. And I think we would offer we're more alike than we are different. So in our human experience, in our human nature, we are more alike. And because of that, we need to battle against where we actually want to divide against each other. So maybe that's something... Say it for a different episode. Sure. If we ever got into something like identity, why can identity politics cause such division? Yeah. Because if you start with identity politics, you're starting with how are we different? Yeah. And then you can never bridge those those differences anymore. Yep. So I think in in the Christian faith, we go actually as image bearers of Christ and of God, image bearers of God, yep. creating His image. 
that's how we're alike. There's the at the core we're alike. Yeah. And at the core we're alike in our sin nature. Yep. And so original sin has been carried through in our flesh. Yep. That's how we're alike. So if we want to empathize with each other and sympathize with each other, we now need to like accept that. Let that be how we're like alongside each other. Yeah. Now seek to understand yeah. lived experience. So like, please let us understand lived yeah. experience. Yeah. Let us um, seek to understand each other's perspectives. Yeah. But if it ever gets to a point where, where you start to say, hey, you can't understand me, mm-hmm. we got to wrestle, we got to kind of reel that back in yep. and take at times a long view to like bring that back to the core. Yep. And I think then even the joy of the Christian is the gospel, the good news of the gospel addresses how we're alike. Yeah. Sh- please flee from hiding out in the way you think you're different. Right. It's like, it's the person who could say something like the son of God saved everybody from their sin, but he couldn't save me from my sins. My, my what I've experienced it's too much, you can, it's too, too much for you. And it's too much for Christ. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's like, well, that's a kind of like a reverse egotism in some ways. Sure. That's, that's you're battling against sin with yeah. that perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we're alike in our humanity. We're alike in our, in our sin. Mm-hmm. Let me pause there to answer your question. Like we started yeah. getting down a couple, not rabbit holes, but like we're broadening this. Yeah. Maybe I have another thing to say about like, also, what does that mean? What does that have to do with Christ and what he lived as an experience? Well, I think, I think, I think where you're hitting the nail, I mean, this is, that's super insightful. I think we're hitting the nail on the head as it relates to even this specific question is what advice do you have to bridge some of these gaps? is to go like the, the reality that Jesus is fully human yes. makes him so infinitely more like you than unlike you. Yes. That, and that that's where those truths of Hebrews, like he's, he has lived everything we have except without sin. He has, right. it's so it's, you know, breaking it down into the very specifics of like, he has lived every exact lived experience that you have. Well, no, because, because we have different lived experiences. And that doesn't make you human. That's not those what, experiences that's are not what make you human. Yes. Right. But to live in a world affected by sin around, so that here's the way he's infinitely different than you is he's without the sin nature. So there that's is right. that. That's right. That's the biggest gap. The gap is not the lived experience. The gap is the absence of a sin nature and, and a sinless, sinless by choice kind of life. But I would say when you feel the gap, that lean into that full humanity of Jesus and go that there's so much overlap that he shared our full human life that he can sympathize with all of our weaknesses, that he has been made in every respect like we are, that right. he shared in flesh and blood. That makes him so much more like us than not like us. Right. Yeah, and maybe uh, one, one more point that might circle back to the, the first, how we got into the answer to this question, or talk about this question. Christ is nothing less than human. Mm-hmm. Right? So and he's he's fully divine. He's fully human. Yeah. And so maybe if, like, in my head, I, I picture, like, if you're filling up, like, the, the levels to which he becomes human. It's like, he's at, he's right there. He's at the level that he qualifies as human. Yeah. He doesn't need to go beyond that with the lived experiences. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And so if we have different experiences, that did, that doesn't make us more as human than what Christ was. Mm-hmm. That's right. Maybe, maybe also, I think we were talking about this before the recording. I think there's something to be said about, and this is where I think we circle back to how we first started talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, what does God say about all these things? So, yeah. so Christ in his, triune relationship with with the father and the spirit where else is this revealed in with special special natural revelation i think these experiences that the questioner listed marriage children growing old 
I think the more that we pursue the heart of Christ hmm. and drawing near to God, we understand those things more. Hmm. Even if we would at first think, well, they don't, they, those per, the person of Christ never experienced these things. Yeah. Therefore, I, how, how much can I really learn from him? Sure. He, God spoke. I think the, the closer we get to it, things like marriage. Yeah. I think there's a mystery in marriage, but also revealed in scripture that marriage is a representation. It's a symbol of yeah. Christ's love for the church. Yeah. It's an earthly representation of it. Yeah. And so the more that we draw closer to Christ, the more that we'll understand like the deep meaning of marriage. Yeah. Or when we think about, sure, Jesus never was a father himself, hmm. but he was a child of the father. Right. Um, and we're adopted as children into the family of God. Yeah. I think we learn more about what it means to, Christ said, you must become like children. Yeah. In order to know me, right? Like, so yeah. there's, there's just things about parenting that, like, I learn yeah. infinitely more about parenting. And I'm humbled and instructed yeah. by the heart of Christ mm. than I would be to go, well, he never had children. Let me learn. Let me go only read other books. Sure. Yeah. Like, it's it's like, which is the substance and which is the shadow? Like, so there's okay. some, there's some yeah. Hebrews language, right? Yeah, so, that's like, right. our marriages are actually the shadow. That's right. Jesus and the church is that's the right. substance. Our, our parenting children is the shadow. The fatherhood of God is the substance. That's so right. like, and we, but we, but we often, and I and understandably, I do this too, um, flip that around and go, my marriage. Okay. How do I navigate my marriage? Jesus didn't, I can't look to Jesus cause he didn't, he wasn't married. Um, I can't look to, you know, um, Jesus's example as a father cause he wasn't a human father. So like, that's right. um, but I think, that man, that totally flips it around, man. That's good. That'll yeah. preach, Steve. Flip it around. <laughs> Flip it around. Yeah. That's like, yeah, like which is shadow, which is substance. I think the question is brilliant. Yeah. I think the question is really good. And, you know, I it's kind of a, yeah, we could go for a while more yeah. about that. I think, we, I think we answered and addressed the question, but there's yeah. a lot of interesting kind of offshoots yeah. from that. It's good. So hopefully that was, yeah, if that was helpful. If not, send a follow-up question. It's great, man. We're going like to do a second sermon series based on these questions. These, are, these are good these, ones. These are, these are good ones. Well, here's the third question okay. we received. This one was just received today, so it was after yesterday's message. Cool. Um, and I'm going to read it as it came in. We want to bring some context to sure. some of the technical language here that shows up. I know you do a good job with that. So uh, I have a question about a phrase from the sermon I heard um, a lot but seems imprecise. The quote is, we contribute nothing to our salvation, end quote. Mm. Okay, that, that kind of be the message that was maybe repeated a couple times in so many words. And the question is this, are you not substituting the word salvation, so we contribute nothing to our salvation, are you not substituting the word salvation for the word justification? Mm -hmm. So the order of salvation, this questioner says, has as its second to last step, sanctification. This step does involve our efforts. So we contribute nothing to our justification, but we do to our salvation as a whole. Uh, that seems to be the reason why Peter could say elsewhere, you didn't mention this in your sermon, but elsewhere, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. So please clarify. So maybe I'd even ask you, Matt, first. Let's walk through some of those. Clarify the question. Yeah. For, for all the listeners. Again, like brilliant, brilliant question. Um, some things to walk through in that. So um, I think it was actually Paul that said, work out your salvation. With it's in Philippians. We'll get there. Oh, that's true. We'll okay. get there. But Peter uh, Peter talks about progress that you make in the faith. And like you add these things to them. So there's, a, there's a similar yeah. passage in Peter. So um, fantastic question. So like, let's just unpack some stuff. When, when this questioner asks the order of salvation, uh, referring maybe the most clear place to see it is at the end of Romans 8, where it talks about how those whom God calls... 
Uh, he, those whom he predestines, he calls. Those whom he calls, he justifies, justifies, sanctifies, sanctifies, glorifies. In other words, we walk through this progression, um, all of which is under the umbrella of salvation, but we're given those specific pieces and even elsewhere in scripture, other beautiful metaphors and pictures of what salvation is. So sure. salvation really is an umbrella term right. um, the underneath of which you get these beautiful <clears throat> metaphors in scripture. So justification is the courtroom picture, the, the one, the legal picture where we are uh, guilty of sin, but we are declared not guilty solely by the work of Jesus, his righteousness uh, given to us, our sin put upon him, uh, that's justification. Sanctification is the pro- the the being declared clean, uh, the being transformed into the image of Christ, yeah. um, which has a progressive element to it, one degree of glory to to another. Um, that's actually what. De- so, like, even we could get into like I talked about yesterday, the guilt of sin and the corruption of sin or the pollution of sin. Justification deals with the guilt of sin. Sanctification deals with the corruption or pollution, the stain of of sin. And so this questioner is asking rightfully, like, was that not being imprecise to say we contribute nothing to our salvation? We're really talking about justification. Love it. And this is like a, um, um, this is clearly someone that's like spent some time in the word of God, knows some of the <laughs> sure. language and terminology, even knows there's a thing called the Ordo Salutis, and, uh, the not, order of salvation. And not outside the word of God wrong, but like oh, studied no. the word of God to the point of yep. confessions, theological distinctions. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. So, um, Good question. So great question. And yes, like, um, I think it's still okay to say we contribute nothing to our salvation in the sense that specifically in that Matthew one passage, um, the angel says, you know, you should call his name, Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And in that, in that sense, in that cosmic scope, who saves us from our sins? Jesus does, you know? Um, so I think there's still a way to use the umbrella term in certain moments in ways that, um, um, that are accurate yeah, and sure. truthful. Yeah, yeah. But to be certain, when you drill down on what does it mean to, to exp- what is salvation and what are these different aspects of it, what is different pictures of it, this questioner is exactly right. Like we contribute nothing to our justification. Uh, we contribute nothing to our adoption. That's another picture, like mm-hmm. where we're actually brought into the family of God. We don't do anything for that. Sanctification, uh, we are active participants with God in our sanctification. So God has to do that work, but we are actively involved in it. So anywhere that Paul can say things like put sin, therefore let what is earthly or sinful in you be put to death, you know, yep. uh, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. Um, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. Philippians two or three. Um, the, you are participating with God in that aspect of your salvation. Yeah. So, so to be more precise, I sh- certainly should have said, uh, we contribute nothing to our justification. Um, maybe it's a little like pastoral, it packs a little more pastoral punch to just put the whole word in there. There you go. Um, yeah. To kind of do the wake up call to be like, we want to be more like Mary, but first we've got to be more like Joseph. Sure. Passive, non-contributors to it. Sure. Um, this maybe has a little bit of the same element as the question of like, but stay tuned till next week. Um, only in that when we talk about the virgin birth and we talk about a little more this coming week from Luke 1 about Mary's involvement in this. So if Joseph is, I'm going to give away my sermon too early, but here's a little preview for Sunday. Um, if Joseph is what God must do for us, Mary is, here's what God does through us or even with, with us, us. Sure. as we participate with God in that. Yep. Unbelievable, beautiful reality of Mary 
participating with God and bringing Jesus into the world. Like it's her stuff. It's her flesh. It's her contribution. Like there's a fully human female contribution to the birth of Jesus Christ. Like it's like, yeah. whoa, okay. That's right. how he's fully human. Um, so like God also invites us. How amazing is that? Invites us to participate with him right. in salvation. We could right. also say in salvation, specifically it's sanctification, that aspect of it. Um, and Mary is a little glimpse of that and what God does with us, through right. us. It's good. I, I appreciate this question. I, th- I know you do too. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I love it. It's yeah. a great question. And I think it's good for, so if you're listening to this, if, if you're listening to this podcast, it's instructive and good for us too. Matt, you're the one who preaches the most for us, but any one of us that would be preaching um, to consider how we're using the yeah. language. Yeah. Um, and I think you're, you're right that there's a little bit of a both and approach here, right? But it's helpful to bring yeah. precision to it at times. Yep. It's also helpful for our whole church to learn and do this well, mm-hmm. right? So we're living in a time That's where, uh, maybe this has always been the case, but we're certainly continuously in a time mm-hmm. where the, our words matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, maybe a, a, a phrase I've always appreciated, like what you win people with is what you win them to. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for us as Christians to know that we're winning people to the work of Christ. Yeah. The work of Christ on our behalf. And so, but this is an instructive question because it shows up in the way that we preach, mm-hmm. shows up in the way in which we come to the communion table every week. Yep. Um, so let us all, even as a body, understand the nuances of these words. Yeah. Right. The, the way right. that they're similar and different. If anything, it all glorifies the work of God more and more. Mm-hmm. So right. let let all of this, yeah. let all of our learning and appreciation for these words and these these distinctions and these doctrines, all of them in our historical tradition glorify God. If we find ourselves glorifying ourselves more yeah. Yeah. Um, as a result of our study, let that also be a way in which we should pause yeah. and recalibrate right. <laughs> what we're doing there. So great question. Uh, keep bringing a good amount of question, um, even if you feel like it's sometimes a challenge. Bring the question of the That's way that great. we're using language well. That's great. Matt, I thought you gave a yeah really good insights there. So no, those are the questions we had. That's it. So That's that was it. Um, we always love to have questions come in. So, yeah. again, our plan for the Advent season was to have this one recording yep. of the B-Side podcast. We'll be back in January Matt, without I'm putting you on the spot, without going into long detail, anything you would want to say about what's upcoming in January for our month of mercy and justice and the way that we'll be having some podcasts, like this podcast, but also some other resources. Don't say more than you want or need to right now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, always grateful for that time. It's a challenging month, I think, for myself and for all of us uh, to really be thinking about mercy and justice issues. Um, so there'll be some... some uh, some uh, familiar faces, some usual suspects that we talk about in January almost every year, and there'll be a couple new ones um, this year. So looking forward to diving into that. Uh, we'll have some guests on the B-Side podcast that month as well, um, some people that we'll get to invite to speak into some of those topics more. So look forward to, to yeah. that when we're back in January. Um, but that's where we'll be. I'll leave maybe the, the specific details to, uh, to that month to kind of keep you on the edge of your seat for the Christmas season. But um, we'll be back. I think that first Sunday in January is the January 2nd. So we'll be back January 3rd uh, with our next episode of B-Side Podcast and be kicking off that month of um, prayer and awareness for mercy and justice issues. Awesome. Hey, if anyone joined yesterday for the uh, Cocoa and Cookies 
uh, Christmas celebration kind of in between the two services. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Um, if you weren't able to make it and you're able to be at worship on this Sunday, we look forward to seeing you then. And throughout the Advent season, we have our Christmas Eve service on the 24th. We'll be in uh, church for the Sunday service on the 26th before starting off the new year. So, yeah. Thank you all for listening today. Always send questions in. We love hearing from you. And hopefully, um, our instruction on Sundays is continues to be meaningful to you. I know it is for me, Matt. So, thank you for your service in that. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas to all of you guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Merry Christmas, all. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.